This is The Spread. You are with Kaz and Nini. It's quite nice to go back and, and realize, like, oh, shit, the whole world knows my whole life. <laughs> like, why did I say that? You know, the thing is, you give it in small little bits, you don't realize you're telling the whole damn story. So you guys can go back and actually listen to uh, all of the episodes. And by the time you get to, like, the end, where we are now currently... Um, basically, that's that's us. That's yeah. So we like you don't even have to ask us any questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the end of the spread. We just figured it would be nice for you guys to have a recap. For those of you who've only listened to like episode five, go back and start listening from episode one because this is actually the bed pod, the bed, the bed, the best podcast in the whole world. I think. Really. Yeah, I was going through episode six again and the whole body image thing, and it was so nice to to you know go through the the stuff that the psychologist um, mentioned, mm-hmm. and even if I mean for for even just a guy or a chick or your parent or even just for information, it was so empowering the things that um, our therapist said to us, mm-hmm. and you can listen to that on episode six. That's the one on body image, and there was also the other the um, naturopath. Dr. Saningo. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, and Dr. Saningo was fabulous. Those were actually the two experts that I really enjoyed listening to. Um, this in this last few episodes because the amount of information was just honestly it, it it changes a lot about what you feel what you think what you imagine, and it would be a fabulous idea if you're having issues with your body image or you're having issues with any. Um, what was it that Dr. Saningo was talking to us about? It was about aphrodisiacs. Yes. Yes. As mm-hmm. as even just a part of your daily life as well. Yeah. That was a hot show, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they're all hot. They're all hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here are the highlights. Here yeah. they are. Yeah. Here you go. Talk about what a menstrual cycle is for. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's been taken as a curse for, by hundreds of thousands of women for hundreds of thousands of years that we don't even look at it as something that cleanses our body on a monthly basis. And the things that are supposed to happen when you have your menstrual cycle as a woman is you're supposed to um, have the maturation of about a dozen unripe cells that release estrogen into the body. Mm-hmm. And then you, your body produces a lot of cervical fluid which can keep a sperm alive inside of you for up to five days. And then there's a buildup of a new uterine lining. And then there's ovulation or the release of one ripe egg, which will live for only 12 to 24 hours. And then there's the production of progesterone, which is another hormone that prepares the uterus for fertilization. And then if pregnancy doesn't occur, then the release of the uterine lining happens. That is what we call your menstrual cycle. But it's so amazing how... For me, it's just the whole process of like growth, development, change, almost like a welcoming and then, oh, and then release and then it happens again and then release and then it happens again. And the thing with a a lot of these hormonal contraceptives, which are easy to use, they're quick, they're fast, you know, that's a patch. It's the IUD as well, the progesterone, um, the Mirena coil, it is the pill. Um, the morning after pill, which is one of the most terrible things that was introduced into this world. Yes. <laughs> Hormonal contraceptives basically suppress all these functions. 
all of these natural functions in mm. your body, whether you're taking them as a man, because I hear there's even a man's contraceptive pill that's, you know, it's being researched on food and drug testing. And I don't think, stuff. I think that's a conspiracy. I don't <laughs> think it's it's being researched on. I think it's there. They're you just refusing to, to give it, it to because us. they don't want men to be yeah, taking the brunt. It, I know, because yeah. it says it blocks sperm production. You block yeah. a natural process from happening in your, bo- in your body. God bless you. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so the thing that hormonal contraceptives do is they suppress the release of all the hormones that trigger ovulation, that's estrogen, right? And then it produces mucus, which prevents the survival of sperm inside you. Please note, sperm is supposed to survive five days so it can get a chance. chance. (laughs) You have five days to prove yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And then it also disrupts the ability of a fertilized egg to move inside from your um, your fallopian tubes to your your uterus. It just kills that process completely. And then it also prevents a buildup of the uterine lining. So what are you bleeding if you don't actually have any buildup of uterine lining? So that means your menstrual period isn't actually a menstrual period when you are on hormonal contraceptives. Imagine that. So these are the things that a lot of women have to go through by taking all these different forms of contraception. I mean, like, I just also believe that together with the emergency pill, the injection and what it suppresses from your body I I just I'm so not for that form of contraception Mm. we haven't even touched on the natural methods of contraception which I think is very interesting yes 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 so I know I know one that actually involves just natural stuff I'd like to know if you've used it I've uh, you know I'm still I still have the Mirana coil inside so I don't really I can't say I've used it I have used it but I haven't used it because I do the steam. I, I steam my vagina. Okay, what is that? Talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay, first of all, a natural contraception, and this is something that a friend of mine tried out when we found out about it, and she did start to bleed afterwards because she's not on any kind of contraception. Mm-hmm. But as we said, we're not experts. Samas. Yes. So yes. if you get pregnant, don't then be saying Nini, but Nini said, hey, hey, So it is you OD on parsley and vitamin C. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, vitamin C, you can get that in food. Yes. Or you can get that in pill form. Yes. And parsley, it's basically parsley. Parsley. The and herb. The herb, yeah. Mm. That you buy from Mamaduka around the corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe uh, not. Maybe not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And please know the difference store. between dania and parsley. Don't we are not talking <laughs> dania, by the way. We are talking parsley here. We're not talking coriander. We're talking parsley. Yes. Oh, 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 one, oh, five. <laughs> So anyway, the process goes like this. You basically drink parsley tea. You shove a few strands of parsley up your vagina before you go to bed. Um, and you can steam with parsley as well, as well, where you boil you boil your parsley in water for about 10 minutes and then you cover it mm-hmm. and let it seep for 15 minutes and then you heat up the water. And then you take that and put that in a bucket and then sit astride two chairs and wrap yourself with like a thick a towel. towel or a kanga or a duvet or whatever. And just allow your v- vagina to, to be basically upon that hot, steamy mm, area, mm, not mm. touching the water, just the of steam course. and get your vagina cleansed. And mm. it's, a, it's a beautiful way also for you to get rid of like the dirt that accumulates because of the use of tampons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we don't actually bleed everything out Mm -hmm. in the four days, it takes a while for it to all come out. And this Mm -hmm. helps release all the dried up blood from all the years that it hasn't really shed completely. I know this is, but these are natural things that happen to women. Mm. But then if that, if your insides are clean, if your vagina is taken care of like that, that means that you smell good. It means that you have a very healthy, wet, 
mucusy system that's going on. That means mm-hmm. when you get turned on, you get the pr- the process is working completely. So you shove your parsley the night before. You can do your steamed parsley, and then you OD on like a thousand or two thousand milligrams of vitamin C. So you can drink mm-hmm. lemon tea with parsley, squeeze fresh lemons, the, put the rind in the water, mm-hmm. like grate the rind, put that in the water, and just drink that for the, the entire day and before you go to sleep. Do you know what has more vitamin C than a lemon? What chili? How many people eat chili? But that's so fantastic because I put chili in everything. Yeah. But then it's also in kale, it's in spinach, like broccoli. Broccoli. It's yes. a lot of vegetables. Mm. The idea is like don't eat anything that doesn't have vitamin C. <laughs> For like a day. For like right? a day after or okay. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you do this, the experience I've had, the one girl who's tried it out did start bleeding. Okay. She did. And okay. she had had unprotected sex, so she was worried about getting pregnant. And then, you know, so I don't know if the sperm took or the sperm didn't take or if her period was coming anyway, whatever. Okay. But the point is that for her, it seemed to work. Yes. Yeah. And there's people who don't want anything to tamper with their body's natural way of working. So they'd rather use these natural forms of um, contraception. What do you enjoy? When uh, Where do you like being touched? Oh, where do I begin with this story? Yeah. Um, At the very beginning. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, where do I like being touched? Okay, I'll start with the lips. I love being kissed. Mm. But it really does depend on who's kissing me because I have ha- kissed some frogs <laughs> in my past. Um, I enjoy, oh my word, when somebody sticks their tongue in my ear. Oh my. Yes. And this is the thing that is the most gross thing (laughs) you could attempt to do. Just, just stop. I mean, it's. I know, but look it's so sensual, like the earlobes oh. moving down. I, I really love the the nape of my neck because I, I think if that was happening at the same time as other touching, then I would probably have an orgasm immediately. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy touch. Oh my word! You know what I love? What? I love it when people suck my toes. Oh, Let me yeah. pose the question to you. Where do you like being touched? Where do I like being touched? Yeah. Oh. Okay, uh, you said the first thing. I'm a kissing person. I love mouth action. But then the thing that I like about the mouth and the lips is like, like I didn't realize how sensitive people are around the outer lip until mm-hmm. you start like running your tongue around it and the chin area, like you play, you know, round, you do round circles around the chin area and the lower lip and that really just... Um, the person that I have um, recently um, enjoyed a moment or two with. <laughs> two? Two. Four. <laughs> okay. Ten. <laughs> it worked wonders. Because I was like, we're doing this show, then I have to have something to say mm-hmm. about this show. So I said, okay, let me do this touch thing mm-hmm. and see how it feels. And all I did was just concentrate on making sure that I feel how his body is responding. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes men don't say, don't moan, don't say anything. But for me as well, my upper lip, if you kiss it and you suck the tip of my upper lip right here where I have this bump, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like that is directly attached to my clit. Like directly Mm. attached to my clit, yeah. That for me is the number one. But then it's almost like you have to work to that place it's, it's like as you know the more turned on you get the more aware you are that the more aware, aware i am that certain parts of my body are attached to my clit mm. i love my neck mm. the back of my neck oh my back the upper part of my the bum back. the back 
That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is. And, you know, inside, like the spine, along the spine. Yeah. And then along the side, just before you come to the curve. Before, like you know, exactly where, the armpit, where your tattoo is. Exactly <laughs> where my tattoo is. That is amazing. And then especially if you're like, if I'm like lying on my tummy. Mm-hmm. And then you run uh, your tongue along the line of my waist all the way up to the curve of my breast and into my armpit. I am an armpit girl. Mm-hmm. I, it de- like I, I was gonna say, I definitely think it's a game of patience. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, if you if you think that your partner is faking orgasms, your female partner is faking orgasms, if you suspect that it's happening, then I think you need to begin the conversation, yeah. talk about it openly, and then just kind of tell her it's okay. If it takes an hour then so be it. And just be completely patient with her in the physical side of things. But before that, you also have to be really patient with the conversations you have. I say maybe start by having really sexual conversations that don't involve any touch. Mm. So that by the time she's aroused by your words, then by the time you do go into the mm. touch, then she's, you know. And and this is just something that maybe we need to say. Set it up. Like, you know, you, can, you can't do it in cold, light, linoleum, tungsten bulb like set up the scene it is a movie thing but actually dimmer light helps a lot better and even colors like if you can drape your curtain your curtain with a red sheet Mm -hmm. or something calm even green by the Mm -hmm. way because green is very calming a green bed sheet on your curtain instead of actually closing your curtains Mm -hmm. and if it's usiku then dim your lights don't put on that harsh bulb Mm -hmm. because It's all about, and put on some damn music, baby. Put on some reggae music. I was just about to say, man, reggae music. Reggae music, baby. (laughs) Damn. Reggae music (laughs) is the future of sex. Okay. Yeah, and then dance, touch each other. Um, In the studio today, we have Eric Guitari. Welcome. Gracias. Thank you very much. So, um, Eric, maybe you can just tell us what it is you do. Uh, I am a lawyer. I work with the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission. What I do on a daily basis is provide legal aids to persons who are facing discrimination on account of their sexual orientation, gender identity. So let's say someone is, is, is being evicted or has been beaten up or has been denied services or has been arrested because they are gay, lesbian, bisexual. Uh, we intervene in such cases and provide them with legal representation to get justice. Okay, so I just want to understand, like as a lawyer, you're dealing with something that's taken as a criminal offense, first of all. So how do you work that? How do you work that into defending someone or protecting someone when it's against the law? Well, the law does not criminalize identities of persons who are gay or lesbian or bisexual or queer in this country. Mm. The law criminalizes consensual adult same-sex intimacy in the privacy of people's bedrooms. So unless the police are able to prove that you have been engaging in homosexual conduct in the privacy of their bedroom, then there's no offense that you've created. Oh, wow. But then a lot of people still get attacked just by virtue of what their orientation may be, right? Right. But I also wanted to point out that the law actually criminalizes canon knowledge against the order of nature. That is the exact wording of the law. Mm. That means uh, that when heterosexual persons are having anal sex, they are also committing an offense and they're supposed to be jailed for 14 years. Wow. Wow. The law, the penal code in Kenya criminalizes, they're called crimes against morality. It criminalizes uh, living under the earnings of prostitution. It doesn't criminalize the act of prostitution itself. 
Oh, it criminalizes living, living under uh, the earnings of prostitution. It criminalizes soliciting in public places with intent to commit immoral acts. It criminalizes running a brothel. It doesn't criminalize the prostitution itself. So what the city council, the local authority they do, and the police, is that they arrest people and say that you are soliciting for immoral purposes. Uh -huh. And also just the way the law is, it's that some things are acceptable and others are not, is what it's so Which confusing Which is what I, I also wanted to ask about. It's like, does the law say that sex toys are illegal? <laughs> because, you know, that's <laughs> one thing that's that true, I'm, I'm very curious about. It's like... The violation of my privacy in my home, if they found a dildo or a vibrator or a hundred thousand of them, would, <laughs> that, would I be in, t in trouble? <laughs> they will say that you're possessing obscene material and if there, are many, the, if there are many objects or many sex toys, they will say that you had the intent to distribute. When it's just about what your, uh, what your freedoms are, you know, because a lot of the time you feel violated and you have no idea what to do. You don't even know if perhaps the violation is, exists. It's like mm. um, you don't want a child. You know, you're caught in, you, and you're a co an adult, you've had consensual sex, and yes, by accident you got pregnant and you don't want the child, so you choose to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And then something like that is illegal in this country. Mm -hmm. But it goes against your choice on what to do with your body and planned mm -hmm. parenthood, which is always an ideal for every single person. We'd like to get into some of that. I know you have a lot more questions, by the way. I do, but yes, here. thanks for bringing that up. Because um, let me just give another case scenario, <coughs> because I know a lot of people would argue the consensual part. What happens when, um, if a girl gets raped and she gets pregnant after being raped, like, and she may not want to keep the child, what happens then? Like, what are the laws surrounding abortion in Kenya? If she's psychologically unable to bear that child, then uh, if a doctor is able to certify that that person is not going to be at a good place of health to carry... Can we talk about sex work, for example? Can get an abortion. Yeah, I think my doctor actually I didn't said know that. that. Yeah, my gynecologist said to me under rape that it is that it's um, it's legal under rape to get an I abortion. thought it was completely illegal. No. But it has to be certified. Yeah. Yes. Okay, how about um if it's not for a consenting couple like Nini said and the girl doesn't want to keep the child, what happens then? It is not permitted unless there are medical reasons such as uh, the life of the mother is in danger, mm. the life of uh, the fetus is in danger, or uh, there's an, another law that permits an option, such as if we had a law in Kenya that allows for reproductive health rights, which is, I think, now in Parliament, allowing for uh, other options for women to access healthy abortion op options without going to Backstreet clinics. Mm. I did not know this. Thank you. Reproductive health rights. Our parents is the first generation to be forced into monogamy. Our grandparents were never And monogamous. I like the way you say forced because they were actually not monogamous, if you think about it. Yes. In reality, yes. none of our parents were monogamous. Nope. Especially our fathers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> our mothers sorry, might have just been classic, <laughs> classically monog monogamous. What is that? Classic, classical monogamy. Uh, so classical monogamy is a single relationship between people who marry as virgins. You know who you are. <laughs> remain sexually exclusive their entire lives and then become celibate when their partner dies. That's what a classical monogamous person is. What if your partner is. doesn't know how to do it? But you don't know. You know that's the because most... Because you've never done you've anyone else. You've never done else. anyone else. That's the most fascinating thing. Oh. I actually am very close to someone who's classically monogamous. That's what yeah. we're going to call it, right? Yeah. And just because she hasn't had multiple sexual partners, she's mm. satisfied with what she has. So polygyny 
is when one man has uh, at least two wives. Like our grandfathers. Yes. yes. They were polygynous. Yeah. But also in our in our history, um, it was also known that women had more, more than, than one, one husband, husband exactly. and also more than one wife. Because in, um, in a lot of these um, African traditions, women were allowed to marry other women. Yes. So... A man would marry a woman, and then she would marry another woman. For example, if she wasn't able to do housework or she wasn't able to bear children. Yeah. Okay, so polygyny is one man more than one wife. And all the women are exclusive to that man. Polyandry. Aha, uh-huh, that's the one. Yeah, polyandry is where one woman marries many men. Okay. And um, all of the men are exclusive to this one woman. Yeah. I, I honestly think that non-monogamous relationships are the most open and honest because if you can be open and honest with your partner, especially because it's always about sex. Well, most of the time it is. But if you can be open with your partner about being non-monogamous, then you can save yourselves. And I think people would be a lot more open to it. You can save yourselves a lot of heartache. Yeah. Uh, well, you see, you're just trying to say that we're naturally promiscuous. That's what you yeah, say. Not promiscuous. I mean, that is it. It is. Because it is about, okay. it's like, it's even non-monogamy is still adultery. Do you know that? It's still classified under the other huge umbrella called adultery. I refuse that. So refuse when okay, that. W- okay, semantics. You know, you understand. <laughs> so yeah, let's just kill that story. Because but polygamy is legal, so it can't be adultery. Al- adultery would be something that you could take to court uh, as grounds for a divorce. But, but you can't take you can you can take it to court as grounds for a divorce. Ad- adultery. Yes. Unless you're in a polygamous situation, and the Kenyan laws are so stupid because they allow men to marry other women without telling any of yeah, his other with wives. no one else's consent. Yeah. But it is still grounds. You can still divorce a man because he cheated on you, and vice versa. A lot of us are unhappy because we want shit to remain constant, but the w- nothing in the world remains constant. And if we're willing to accept change and growth. That means that we're always aspiring for more, desiring more, fantasizing. And you know what? We're always dreaming. Mm. And what better existence is there than if you can have bigger and bigger dreams? Mm. But if you're refusing to change your relationship, it's going to change for you. Mm-hmm. So do you want to be in control of the change or do you want the change to be in control? <laughs> what do you think about pornography in a relationship and what does it do to a relationship? Uh I can only answer that question as far as my personal experience is involved. Yeah. Um I every so often like to watch porn. Yes, I do go out seeking for it. I enjoy watching porn with my partner. For example, that when when um my partner is not around like he's not in the country. Yeah. When he's away then this is kind of how we this is what we use to bridge the gap. So mm. like we'll watch porn together, like on different parts of the, of the continent <laughs> or of the, of the country. And then, um, and yeah, we kind of just use that. as like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And then we, so you're talking have, and like, yeah, masturbating talk, yeah. a self pleasure while yes, you're watching porn yes, together. Oh, that's yes. exciting. Very fun. Yeah. For a lot of men, it's social. Mm. It's okay. Men do it all the time when they're bored. Mm. So he said, the problem is when you start to make a big deal out of it, that's the only issue. It's free entertainment. It's cheap. It's something that gets your endorphins up. And then you move on from it. And that's how most guys view pornography. Like, for example, if he walked in on you watching um, a porn video with, like, this guy with a really big cock, like, banging this, mm. banging the living daylights out of this chick, do you think maybe that one of his insecurities would be size? The size of the... Oh. Okay, 
Penis size is another question altogether because I never want to have to imagine the size of a pornography star's penis even accessing any part of my body. Let, let's just keep it there on the screen. Let me go ooh and ah. Because that thing is just not practical. It's like trying to ride a donkey. That's true. That is not practical. So a man's insecurity would be about penis size, but because men have a bigger issue with penis size than women do. Do you know men are more concerned about the size of their penises? It's then, as if yeah. having a, big, a bigger penis makes you more manly. Um. Okay, I've completely jumped into dick size. There's something that you were telling me about um, primates having the largest... Oh my God. Okay, first of all, this was so exciting when I read it because I was like, ooga, booga, ooga, booga. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, it's like, really, did you know? Really, that was your response. <laughs> yeah. All right. I felt like the hugest... Not that I have... You're like, yes. Not you... that I have one, but if I did, it's like the human penis is the widest compared to other primates. The widest. widest. Girth. Yes, girth. So apparently it's not length, it's girth, uh-huh. the widest. Now in inches, the girth of an orangutan is 3.4 inches, mm-hmm. 2.6 in a gorilla, mm-hmm. 5.8 in a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. and 6.6 in men. Wow. So out of all the primates, you guys are so hooked up, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say all human beings. I'm does dick sure size they're... matter for you? No, actually, to be completely honest, um, I used to think it matters, but I was young and stupid. But now I could care less. Yeah. I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. Thank you. If your penis is humongous, I want nothing to do with it. Thank you. Thank well, you. not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind seeing but, it. Yeah, I don't mind seeing and touching, touching it. it. But don't put Playing it. with it. Don't put it anywhere near no any orifice. of my orifices. No orifices. Yes. Don't widen any part of me. Yeah. But if you have a small penis, um, then I don't mind. Many years of criticizing my body have taken a toll on my mind and my health. I hate so much about myself and I don't even know where to begin. I'd like to know how to change my body image just so I can start to love myself. I'm reading Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she says, criticism locks us into the very pattern we are trying to change. I'm locked in this cycle of hate, love, hate, or at least trying to love myself. Please help me change my body image. Negative body image. Mm -hmm. Now, she didn't go into details about what she hates, but clearly it's something that she's noticed is affecting her. Mm -hmm. She says it affects her mind and it affects her health. Now, I was reading about like just what the term, because when she brought it up, I was like, okay, so is this something that psychologists see as a problem mm-hmm. is this uh, term body image something that th- that they use or that they experience or that they treat and they say that it is it, it is the internalized sense of what we look like it's it's like a mental representation of the maps mm. of our body against which we judge our external appearance so perception it's just perception yeah because as you said and even uh, if you remember when i was when I, when I was turning 30 and we took the trip to Thailand. Mm-hmm. And remember, I put on this bikini and went to this bar at the beach. And then, this, and then you had a bikini on and I had a bikini on. And this guy said it very clearly. He said, yeah, yeah you don't have a bikini body. Do you remember? No, I don't but remember But do you remember that. what my experience during I that do. time was about? It was me focusing on the little non-belly that I had. And it was I like a didn't non-belly. understand it. Because you were then my spirit guide. Yes. <laughs> so when I turned 30... Do you know, I used to say, I never want to talk about myself the way exactly. Nini did. I always say, I'd never want to talk about myself the way Nini did. Mm-hmm. 
Wait 30k. <laughs> you just find that it's almost like for example you're playing the same game someone else came but that someone that came before you played. Yeah. So you enter into that cycle without even being aware of it. Yes, yes. And the thing is I remember you very clearly stating that this because you were insanely working out at that time and not understanding why you weren't able to lose this little bit of chub. Yeah. And um I went through the exact same thing but I remember you saying just ride it. Imagine just ride it, find become comfortable in it and after a while, I don't know if it's like like midlife baby fat. I think there's something because it just comes it, and then it, it goes. goes. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah, but then I definitely think that because we've continued our working out that we've helped it go. Yeah. There's for some people I feel like when that 30s weight checks in, if you do nothing about it then it continues to add and add and add. And someone actually told me that and this is just for women and it was an older woman who told me this, which is also another thing. It's almost like it's brain washed into you that you're going to be fat, pathetic, disgusting as you get older. She's like 5 kilos after your 30 for every 10 years you're going to put on 5 kilos after your 30 you're going to put on 5 kilos after your 40 you're going to put on another 5 kilos naturally but where are they coming from where are they coming from i haven't put on i've lost the yeah 20 kilos that i had when yeah. or 15 or whatever it was that i was when i was 30 years to old be better to yourself is to unlearn all of the things that you learned growing up a lot of us are told things as we grow up and not necessarily by people around us or our parents friends schoolmates it's the television that we're exposed to what a what a perfect woman is supposed to look like and she's skinny she's a skinny white blonde girl by the way yeah. this is what a perfect woman looks like yeah but it's not only women have you heard about spornosexuals yeah well no i haven't the david beckham guys who are so focused on their bodies that that's uh. all they do they spend time physically um and their money and, we and know all them. their time we know and them we know them yeah but now that's also a guy who's there are guys like that who have an issue with their body image so much that it has taken up every aspect of their lives yeah the problem with viagra is that taking p- the pill viagra will cause you to have nausea diarrhea and a lot of other crazy heart side attacks. effects heart attacks so the idea today is to find out how you can incorporate aphrodisiacs into not just to correct a problem when the problem arises but to enhance to make it a part of your daily lifestyle to make mm. it a part of your life so that mm. it is something that you're constantly aware of you're constantly putting that sexual desire stuff inside you mm-hmm. so when you need to have good sex it's always mm. just a turn on away i just first everybody needs to be having sex all the time yeah <laughs> but with self as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so sex, yes yeah. having okay. sex all the, yes Nini, then i'm good your sex is valid <laughs> <laughs> But let me tell you about a story that was written like over six centuries ago, a recipe. Mm-hmm. And it was su- suggested that a man could visit a hundred women after consuming a mixture of goat testes boiled in milk, sesame seeds, and the lard of a porpoise. Do you know what like that is? Old, no, that's like a wheel. That's a wheel. L- whale fat. Yeah. No. First of all, no. Let me just say no. <laughs> Let's just start by saying no and I like that there is modern ways in which you can enhance your sex life without having to kill animals such as to extract their <laughs> testicles and their lard. <laughs> We're killing them for meat anyway. Not we. We yeah. are not. Yeah, actually that's true. That <laughs> yeah, is other, so other true. Other people are. But so, okay, so a lot of people take aphrodisiacs to treat sexual dysfunction, right? Yeah. 
But <clears throat> is that what we're talking? Are we talking about sexual dysfunction? Are we just talking about think, aphrodisiacs as a quality? I think as as um, I mean, I, I'm a sexually active young girl. I I would be interested if somebody introduced me to some aphrodisiacs that were interesting. I would love to use them to see what happened to make my already great sex better, even greater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be fun. I mean, I I would be somebody that was interested in having like more intense orgasms, for example. You know, yeah. whether it's with yourself or it's if it's with your partner but i th- the thing is aphrodisiacs are attached to people with problems mm. but they can still be used in your daily life uh, essential oils so this is not for ingesting purposes but for external use and if like um obviously because you need to be able to relax in a moment of intimacy so the certain sense that enhance the relaxation of mm-hmm. your body like lavender like oil lavender yeah but then also there's there's other scents that sort of s- they can stimulate your your blood flow through your skin you mm-hmm. know like if you massage say for example you use coconut oil as the base oil or like sweet almond oil and then you just add a few drops of um uh jasmine or what is it called I don't know how it, to pronounce it's it. Yeah. No, it's it's Y L A N G. Lang. It's called Lang Lang. Yeah, Lang Lang. Yeah, but I think the Y is pronounced. No. And Jasmine, I swear, no, I had it being pronounced. Okay. Story. It's so it's Y L A N G Y A L N G. That's yeah. one. <laughs> and Jasmine and and Rose. Rose water. Rose essential oil. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you add that, like a drop of that, to either coconut or to the sweet almond oil or to what even just a plain almond oil, and then just rub, have your partner rub you, like maybe uh, when you're like as part of your foreplay, then that kind of and and it it stimulates your blood flow. Please hang up and try again. So they say that being sexually healthy means that you are free from disease, free from violence, injury, fear, and false beliefs. I love that. Mm-hmm. It me it also means that you are comfortable with your sexuality and have the ability to control and positively experience your own sexuality and reproduction. Yeah. So during arousal and orgasm, the hypothalamus in the brain releases what? Endorphins? No. A particular one. Ex- oxytocin. Oh, okay. Which helps in pain relief. So yep. it is it yep. is recommended for women during menstruation for your sexual period and it reduces listen to this pain perception in men by half. Um not that I want to get so into it but I think we should talk a little bit about uh, STIs yeah. and preventative measures and symptoms and treatments. Why do you always have to be like so serious? Boring and so serious? Like, oh my gosh. Because you know the, the the matter of the fact is Yeah, what is the matter of the fact? <laughs> is that um there's a lot of people who do need our help. There's yeah. a lot of people who don't know, there's a lot of people who get too scared to go check and um, um, because we've been raised in a society where it's like, make sure you use a condom, otherwise you will get HIV, HIV, HIV is, so, is pushed so hard that people forget about all of those other sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, and, and a lot of the time it's like gonorrhea and syphilis are like old school diseases. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's just, um, um, first of all, the stigma around HIV because we, we've been told it's a, it's a death sentence. Mm. And it's not. There's yeah. people living completely healthy lives who are HIV positive. But then there's also, um, there's you have to be careful about um, your sexual health. And it's everything from, from just curable SDIs or STDs to like even just um, UTIs and mm. yeast infections. Mm-hmm. Blue balls is a real medical condition. Uh, fact. What? <laughs> 
It is. It's not a serious one. But the correct term for blue ball, the correct medical term for blue balls is vasocongestion. Vaso I mean, congestion. congestion. Yeah. The, this, the, we just said that if you come more, yeah. whether you, I mean, masturbate or ejaculate, you have yeah. healthier sperm. And the assumption is if you have great erections and you have great blood flow, and if you're attempting to ease those erections, then you have less stress levels. Yeah, that's true. So it happens when blood builds up in the testicles or in the prostate when the male gets aroused but doesn't ejaculate. Mm. It's often accompanied by cramp-like ache and pain or tenderness in the groin area. And while this can be uncomfortable, it's not a serious condition. Also, we were having a discussion about how we're so scared to go to the hospital when we when we begin to feel symptoms of something that could be sexually transmitted. Yet, as soon as you get a homa, mm. you're running to the hospital yeah. for meds. Yeah. yeah. So we just need to be more careful and loving and kind to ourselves and our sexual... Imagine you're not a sinner. That's another thing. It's like mm. a lot of us were taught that if something is wrong... I mean, it's almost like the attachment to anything wrong with your groin or genitalia is attached to that whole, I am evil, I am dirty, I am um, a sinful creature, I am, you know, it's all those negative connotations. Mm. But then, like a cold, you don't go out looking for a cold. You mm. try as much as possible to prevent getting a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, you try as much as possible to prevent um, getting your, your feet hurt. Mm. So try as much as possible to prevent your genitalia from getting harmed, hurt, mm. infected. And that's it. And if it is having a problem, then by all means, try as much as possible to get the best possible help for mm-hmm. your genitalia. It's got nothing to do with your personality, nothing to do mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm.